This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. How do your service advisors close their sale with a customer? Are they pre-scheduling for future maintenance appointments? What an idea. From the Aftermarket Radio Network, it's Carm Capriato. Now, Brett Beachler's business has a 40% close rate for pre-scheduled maintenance appointments. He discusses how to make your current customers your future customers. Grab a pen and paper or head to the show notes on this episode. You don't want to miss Brett's closing presentation that can be implemented in your business. It's just like when we set a future dental appointment. Hey, thanks to our partners, Apex and Shopware, for providing you this episode. You know, when it comes to technical and management training, nothing beats the caliber of classes and expert trainers that Apex puts together for Repair Shop HQ. Now, that's because a panel of shop owners selects the best training that will drive your business forward. Go to aapexshow.com slash training and learn more. Hey, what if your customer could send you a video of that rumbling sound that they hear and make it part of a repair order? Well, that's not a dream, my friends, but the reality of shopware. The future is here. Talk to my friends at getshopware.com. Hey, hello, world of the automotive aftermarket. It's Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. You know, our legacy is to continue to bring you the no-nonsense content that you can rely on to enhance your remarkable results as we advance the aftermarket. Honored to have my friend Brett Beachler on with me. How you doing, Carm? I'm great, Brett. This is a result of you dazzling me in episode... 104 of the Aftermarket Weekly Show, where we actually, you and I just talk a little business, and then we see a tour of your shop, and we've been doing that for, you know, 100 plus weeks. We titled the episode Streamlining Processes with Brett Beachler, and I have told the story about the names on the bays of your technicians. I have told that story countless times since we've been on, and hanging with some of your peers in San Diego, uh, you know, a couple of weekends ago at the Elite Invitational, but we scheduled Brett to come back on because how you impressed me is is this, if you will, delivery station that you have for the final invoice for the customer. And here's the words I think you used. No invoices, no phones, one-on-one with the customer. And, and that could have been a quote from what you said. And I was so impressed knowing that your close ratio on setting a new appointment is so high. So let's tell the audience, what is that percentage? My percentage, I got a high batting average. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm only saying that because I practice this so many times. I'm one of these goofballs that I want to master a system before I teach somebody else. I don't want to just, so, just tell somebody to go in there and figure out how to do it. I want me to prove that it can be done and then proceduralize it. And then guys can call their own, they can have their own styles. But if they stick to the path that you need to take, and I can walk through that. I actually video recorded one. So I'm, I'm going to create a video for my guys on how to do this. Like, here's how you start. You don't start with this. You start with this because I'll explain some things that people don't want to do. It's like the earmark mistake when you're doing a closed sale, what you want to resist doing, I guess I should say. Some people can do it, but my guess is it's, it's approximately 40%. There's probably about one in every two customer that I'm able to schedule for six months, five months, four months, whatever the system calculates down the road. And there's some ways to do that. You got to remember, I'm a weirdo about psychology. Like I, I try to understand what the other person sees and not just what our shop wants. We want to fill the schedule. We want 
A customers. We want our techs to be productive and healthy every day, taking care of customers, saving them. You know, you and I've talked about this, saving them $100,000 over the life of the car. You know, I was explaining to my daughter's boyfriend the other day, I said, I wouldn't do what I did if my business costed my customer $100,000 more than versus buying a, a brand new car every four years. I wouldn't do it. I would find something else to do. It is so enriching for me to know what we're doing for customers and know what we're keeping them away from. One of the most critical points of our eight-point customer system is the customer close procedure. It's the presentation. I don't even like the word procedure when you're talking human on human. You are exactly where I want to be. I want to say that if someone's going to invest in this discussion between you and I, they're going to walk away with, ooh, there's a couple of building blocks that I can actually do something with. And because you love psychology and because you like to know what works and what doesn't, you've had years of perfection, if you will, to do this with. I call it striving for excellence because I will never be perfect. (laughs) If we all strive for that, then guess what? Great things happen to us and our peoples and our company and our families. Yes. Hey, Carm here. Now, when it comes to technical and management training, nothing beats the caliber of classes and expert trainers that Apex puts together for Repair Shop HQ. And that's because a panel of shop owners selects the best training that will drive your business forward. Training is geared toward shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Technical classes will include ADAS and calibrations, hybrid and electrical vehicle case studies, CAN bus diagnostics, electrical diagnosis, and using current probes to diagnose drivability dilemmas. On the management side, you'll learn marketing strategies that work, employee retention practices, building a culture that employees will embrace, and more. Expert trainers in this year's lineup include Mike Reynolds, John Thornton, Eric Ziegler, Greg Bunch, Bill Haas, and Kim and Brian Walker. Repair Shop HQ training will take place at Apex November 1st through the 3rd in Las Vegas. To learn more, go to aapexshow.com slash training. Hey, stop guessing and get working on the next car or the opportunity to buy a second shop. Now, once you can see through the fog of numbers coming at you all day, you use less brain power to make better decisions. Start with reading the gauges on every bay and every tech with Shopware's Capacity Dashboard. Now, it makes it easy to see where you can squeeze in one more repair. Then get an overview of every business metric in your shop. Build your reports your way so the numbers that drive you jump out at you whenever you need them. Even if you add more shops to your operation, all the numbers end up consolidated by location or any way you want to slice and dice them. You're in control every step of the way, customizing as you go. Get a clear view. Get more profits. Get Shopware.com. I just want to pause for a moment. I just came back from the eye doctor. It was just yesterday and I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave unless I set the appointment. And he had told me one-on-one, face-to-face, eye-to-eye. He said, listen, I want to see you in a year. And as I'm leaving, he must have checkmarked something. A person, a nurse took me to a handoff. I went into a place. I sat down. Within three or four minutes, I'm out of there with the appointment card. I've got it on my phone. And I'm locked. I don't have to think about anything. He wants to see me again for all the reasons he gave me. Right. Not his vested interest. Your best interest. 
by the way, I can't get my hair cut unless she says, when are you coming? Is it three weeks? Is it four weeks? You know, what's going on? I open my phone. She opens her book. I walk her. Same with the dentist. Why? Oh, why? With the, Can't we get this really ingrained in our industry? And that's why you're back here talking about it. Let me run you through a scenario. And it's okay. Not everybody has what we have. And I don't have everything that other people have, too. But people have this, generally speaking, in some way, shape, or form. You may be here someday, Carm. I don't know if you will or not, but I've taken you through the shop tour. We've got two buildings here. One of them is a new building because we have the old service station. And we schedule oil changes at the top and the bottom of the hour. It's typically a 15 to 20 minute oil service. So I look at this and I'm like, a lot of my guys in the group are like, yeah, we just don't do oil changes. It's too much interruption. I agree with them to a certain point. However, I have potentially 20 And I came from the corporate world to pre-qualified business leads that walk through my door and sit, absorb my atmosphere, absorb the interaction with other customers, absorb how my advisors work with people, developing rapport, getting to know them, obtaining their trust. So I got eyeballs on us all day long. Does that make sense? Yeah. Top and the bottom of the hour. So in a perfect world, here's how it goes. Carm, you're sitting there in my waiting area, getting an oil change completed on your car. The guys are going through a 27-point inspection. In the meantime, I have what we call a factory specified maintenance review on cars. Okay, so what my guys do is they go through, they review the history on Carfax. They review what the car needs according to the factory maintenance specifications. Carm's sitting there going through his phone, catching up on things. I mean, most people don't read the newspaper anymore. They're catching up on things. And I walk over to Carm and I say, hey, Carm, you got a minute? He says, yeah, sure. What you got? I said, here's what I got. I got a super simple factory maintenance review. Here's what I found. Your 2013 Toyota Avalon, or it has 95,000 miles on it. Okay, Carm? Yeah, sure. What you got going on? All right. So I went and did a factory maintenance review. I checked out Carfax. It shows that these two items have been completed, your cabin air filter and your engine air filter, but they were done about 47,000 miles ago. Nobody's done the coolant exchange, which is do every 100,000 or 10 years on this. And nobody's done a comprehensive maintenance inspection on this, which is what the manufacturers recommend every 15,000. But we say 20 is sufficient for our customers. Some of our customers do it every 15,000. These are the three items that are due. So what we can do when we're finished, we're finalizing at the final close sale is the system will actually calculate a date when it thinks you'll be due and when it thinks you'll run the 7,500 miles and it'll calculate a date and we can set it from there. Does that sound like a plan to you? So I'm getting you, I don't know if you've ever read the book about getting a customer to say yes. Sure. It's usually two or three nods and they're, they're into that yes mode. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, sounds like a good idea. One of the other things I drop in with, with you, Carm, is I go, hey, what are your plans on the car? You got 95,000 miles on it. Do you know these Toyotas run for three, 400,000 miles? I will stretch their brain and say, I've got customers with 250, 300, 300,000 miles on Toyotas. So stop right there. What does that do with a customer? I can go 350,000 miles on my Toyota? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought after 100,000 miles, I just get rid of it and I go on to my next car. No, is the car paid for? Yes. Again, you get another yes, right? Yes, it's paid for. Okay, so you're banking that $486 a month car payment in your pocket, right? Yes. So what you could be doing is saving 50 to $100 in maintenance costs and repair costs and tire costs for that car every month. Yeah. It sounds like a savings to me. Yeah. So you're getting them in that yes mode, right? I've got finished talking to Carm. Be a few more minutes. The technicians out in the bays are finished with their inspection. It needs a couple things. You got tire that's 12 pounds low. Our system is if it's more than 10 pounds low, we flag it. Hey, there's something going on with the tire. Either myself or one of my 
lead advisors out in the base, the manager out there will come in and say, hey, you got a couple things going on with your car. Everything overall looks great. Got a tire that's abnormally low and you got a brake light bulb out. Would you like us to take care of those right now? Absolutely. Okay, it'll take us about an additional 35 to 40 minutes and we'll have it all taken care of. In the meantime, they're like, man, cool. That guy just took care of my car. They know what they're doing. I get it all in one, one stop. So fast forward ahead, car's all finished up. CARM comes to the desk. Here's the other important part of the system. Most of the time, that factory maintenance review is done at the final close sale at our podium where you're coming up to right now, Carm. You're walking up to the podium. So I come up and I'm kind of reviewing what the guys did. Hey, great job those guys did. They found a tire that was 12 pounds low and yet it had a nail in it. They took care of it. So what I'm doing at that point is I'm patting my crew on the back, right? I'm saying, man, aren't you really happy that they found these things and they caught it now rather than you being on the side of the road? You're getting the customer to say, yes, yes, I am. I'm really happy. Like you guys are my, I'm solidifying them saying, you guys are my guy. You're my crew. Like these, you're the ones that are going to take care of me. You're, this is what is separating you from the rest of the crowd. So I go over the, the inspection results. Here's what we did. Oh, by the way, you're missing a valve, uh, valve cap on one of your tires. We replaced that no charge. So I go through their inspection results. A couple of the items that they did extra special as bonuses to make them feel better and doing the right thing for that matter. So what I do next is I run through the estimate on the factory maintenance that CARM's going to do at the 100,000 mile mark. Okay, we're going to do the service package three and we're going to do the coolant exchange CARM. This usually takes about a half day to a full day CARM. Would you be okay leaving the vehicle? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, hang on just a second CARM because once I process this transaction, it's going to calculate the exact date it thinks you'll go 7,500 miles because my system learns the pace of your car. Sound good? So we do the transaction. The date comes up. It's October, Tuesday, October 13th. I'm just guessing. I don't have a calendar in front of me. I use key phrases, very key phrases. I go, Carm, you got the pick of the litter. What am I doing? I'm elevating Carm to you're my customer. I'm taking care of you. What I also say in this point is, just like you were talking about with your haircutting and your eye appointment, is I say most people schedule ahead. So I'm getting that group think going. Most people are scheduling ahead because you know what? Their time is valuable. And to be frank with you, you get to pick whatever day you want right now. The other thing I say is, and a lot of shops are like this right now, we are scheduling this type of stuff out three to four weeks. So the reason I'm offering this to you, Carm, right now is if you call me on October 12th and want to get in the next day, it's probably not going to happen. So all I'm doing is laying that groundwork for them to go, you know what? You just gave me all the right reasons to make an appointment four, five, six, seven months in advance. You gave me all the right reasons. There is no way in the world you're going to get to that closed sale and not say things like, a lot of our customers are doing this, just like the dentist. Here's why you want to do it. We're three to four weeks out. I've listened to my guys and my crew is not, they're not excellent yet, but they're still working on it and I'm coaching them. I've listened to them. When they eliminate things like we're booking three to four weeks out, a lot of people are doing this. Hey, the system says, and I tell them, you got to be definitive with them. The system says it's due October 13th. What is the day of the week that works best for you? And then we flip it even further. So if we're doing this creme de la creme service package three, we try to herd them and try to invite them into leaving the vehicle the night before. Here's the reason. Our system works to where the service package three, the oil service, the oil change portion of it is done by my light duty, my oil change techs, and then the comprehensive gets moved up front to the ASE techs. So what I do is, I say, hey, it's a very high probability, Carm, that if you leave your car the night before, it'll be the first car the technician is able to inspect in the morning. So what is, again does that do? Oh, man, you're going to have me first up on the box? Awesome. 
Because typically what we try to do is have the service package three inspections done the first thing. Because if that car needs four hours worth of work, I would rather know it at 8.30 in the morning than at one o'clock in the afternoon. Carm, I'm not kidding you. It is absolutely crazy how well this system works. And what it does is it smooths out our world. Like we'll look at a week and we might have a dozen customers scheduled for that week that scheduled four and five months ago. And it makes me smile. Now, our next step is to trickle that seed in to that customer and get a text to them about a week ahead saying, hey, by the way, just a reminder, you know, you schedule that for next week on Tuesday. We'll send you another text like on uh, on Friday to let you know that because we typically text 48 hours out. Every day we got a system that my guy spends five minutes and we have a templated text. We send it out and we say, hey, your appointment so-and-so day, you're going to leave it between seven and eight, right? Yes, I am. The old way we used to do it, and we still do it this way because not all customers do it. If, Carm, your appointment was due on October 12th, guess what I'm doing on October 11th? I'm texting and emailing you saying, okay, it's time. You ready to schedule? How many times are you going to tip somebody over the scale on an email and a text versus you and I, Carm, talking nose to nose at a final close sale? You're right on with that because of late, the doctors, the dentists, all these things that, you know, they are finally coming due in your world. They're way overdoing it. Now, I'm not upset that they are because some of them say, hey, if you can't make it, put a two and, you know, text us back. It's a two that you can't make it. We'll call you to reschedule. But I love, I love me. I love the reminder. You know, bottom line is our customers want to be taken care of. They want to think to a certain degree. They want to think when it comes to building that relationship with us and then put, you know, you've heard me talk about this, putting their feet in the cold water. And then once they get in fully submerged, they trust us 100%. Once they get to that point, then it's like, Brett, you do the thinking for me. Yeah, I trust you, man. Like, if my car needs a right lower ball joint, then do it. We've got that relationship. I mean, you and I know their customers have stages. They don't all flip a switch and come in and say, yeah, go ahead and do everything. It just doesn't work that way. Well, you're building trust. Part of it with that whole, I'm not going to sell it to you now, what we'd love to have you scheduled in, is uh, I'm not here to be wham-bammed. Thank you, ma'amed. I'm here to build a relationship and trust. Uh, the whole texting idea is show me you care. It's, it's a show me you care moment. And if it is a new customer, I loved your approach. It's, hey, we, you're 97,000. You've got this stuff. Do it about 100. You still got time on this thing. Let's just get you in, get this done, and let's talk about it. Right. It's all about taking care of the vehicle. So I mentioned a couple of things not to do. One thing you don't want to do is run the actual credit card, dollar, you know, cash, check transaction and then try to explain it to the customer, the factory maintenance, like all the stuff they did. You've got somebody as a captive audience because psychologically speaking, as soon as they run that transaction, they're done. Like, get me out of here. I'm ready to go. So I literally will intentionally wait to run that transaction until after I've done my presentation to customers. I will not do that transaction because my body can feel stuff. And I've done the transaction first and then tried to explain it. And their brain is checked out. They are, okay, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. The further you can get it in, if you got a customer waiting area and you can go sit down shoulder to shoulder like you and I sitting at a bar and shooting the breeze, you completely drop their guards on you, especially if you come into their area and they don't have to come up to your desk and then all of a sudden they're on, everybody's watching them at the desk and they're pressured a little bit there, right? If you can sit down with them in the waiting area or sit down with them anywhere, it is the most ideal presentation you'll ever have when it comes to that type of stuff. It's not dropping the guard as much as it's making them feel comfortable. 
you're absolutely right. Because I think naturally people, when they come into your shop, have a guard up. You know, a lot of our customers are referred customers. Like they're referred in like, you got to go to these guys. They're very trustworthy. So they, they've got a guard kind of half down when they come in anyways. And I'm not bragging on my guys, but we've been around a long time. And I think we got a, a really good crew of guys. So that's point number one. Point number two is when you're doing presentations to customers, don't be vague about stuff. So I was listening to one of my young guys yesterday and he got finished up and I kind of pulled him aside. I'm like, okay, hey, what I want to encourage you to do because your batting ratio, your batting average is going to go up if you do this. Don't say we kind of will text you that week and don't say, well, it's going to kind of be due around this date. Be specific. If it says it's due October 13th, that's when it's due. When would you like to set the date? And be very specific and intentional about your presentation. Don't put in ambiguous words. Don't put in, we kind of do this. Because you know what? When you start saying those types of things, is he really confident about what they need to do to my car? If he's starting to drop all these kind of maybe sort of words in here, or do we really need to do that? We call it factory recommendations. We don't call it suggestions. We don't call it anything but that. They do it to prevent bigger dollar things from occurring on your car. You got to be intentional about everything you do. I've taken this and I've recorded myself doing it because I want my guys to know. I sit there and you and I have probably wired the same. Like we can get something embedded in our head and we go, I just had a predictive index done on me the other day. And I was talking to this lady and she's wired just like me. And I go, do you ever sit there and talk to people and go, can't you see this? And she goes, oh yeah, it happens to me all the time. And she said, we have to understand that not everybody's wired like us as entrepreneurs. Not everybody thinks like us. She said, you think a person, you're six steps ahead usually, and your guys aren't like that. And you got to know that. I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. My point to you is you got to not say, can't you see this? You got to script it. You got to direct it. You got to tell them, here's the best way you're going to get the highest batting average. You know, if you have your own style of doing things, that's fine. But don't start with a closed transaction. Always have that as the last. Don't use ambiguous words. There's a lot of don'ts. I know we're told no a lot growing up but you still have to avoid those areas that you don't want your guys to jump into. And they're not going to get close sales when you're ambiguous and you you just kind of flop around. They're not going to do it. Let me stop for a moment. You held something up. I'm sure as an audio podcast, people are saying, what did he hold up? What did he hold up? What was his camera and a light? And he's basically recording yourself while you are role-playing, if you will, or teaching, right? So the cool thing is like, this is a remote. I've got it in my pocket. So like, I'll go up to a closed sale And I just hit the button and it starts recording and it sits there and records me. And then I've got something captured on my phone. And my next step is I got to edit this and just go, okay, stop right here. This is why I'm doing it this way. Stop right here. This is why I'm doing it this way. I think this will go tantamountly further than me sitting there, putting it on a piece of paper or coaching them verbally. I think they can replay this over and over again and really solidify it in their heads. Yes. I I mean, I got it on Amazon. It's, it's not that, Fancy. No, I see it. Yeah. But it's got a handle. It's got a light. If I need a light, it's got a way to hook a microphone in. There's actually a microphone that goes up here, but it doesn't hook into my, I got the newest, whatever, iPhone version, but I held off for a long time because I didn't want to spend that kind of money on those things. But I think video capture is, is the way to do it. And if I ever get this thing professionally edited, which I want to do, I've got a videographer. I'll be happy to share it with you. That'd be so cool because you're, you're such a giver. Are you recording your peoples or are you recording just you? Not recording my people yet. But the first step is to record me and say, hey, here's how you do it, you know. And then the next step is, hey, can I coach you? Here's here's some things you want to look for. And again, it's not rocket science. It's nothing difficult. 
I tell my guys that, but if you follow, it's guys running routes on a football team, you know, the receivers, they know exactly which routes to run. They know exactly where they stop, where they do a 90, all this stuff. My guys have to understand the routes they take to get to how does Brett close four or five customers out of 10 customers and book them in the future? How does he do this? The other thing I I love about the fact that you're recording yourself is you can sit down with your team and say, hey, let's go over this. Is there anything that I could have done better? And if you ask them that, then their buy-in from the entire minute one to to minute 10, whatever it takes, and they're looking, they've got to be in a buy-in mode because they're looking to help make it better. A better process. Maybe they don't find any holes, but if they say, well, maybe I would have done it like this. Now the personalities are coming out. Now their wiredness is coming out. And that's a coaching moment. It is. And I can tell you, I struggle with that because I'm one of these freaks that like, I will go bat and bat and bat and bat and go, how do I do this better? You know, it's like, I've told you my weird hobby of, of cross-country ski racing. I have studied videos on how techniques and how guys get faster and faster and faster. I don't necessarily want or need a coach, but I don't want my guys to be like that. (laughs) Does that make sense? I want them to be obsessive about how do I get better? How do I produce more sales, which helps produce more for the company, more GP. And then I get paid more money in my wallet. I mean, that's ultimately what's in it for them in a very selfish sort of way, in a very ethical sort of way, I guess I should say that you're absolutely right. You have to have buy-in from your team. You have to, they don't need it shoved down their throat. They need to go, hey, what about doing it this way? How about presenting it this way? Here's what I would like to see you do. Here's what I think was, you know, 90% effective trustworthy relationship building, process-driven, you know, the step one through step five. And then would you role play? I would have no problem role playing somebody. I think it's better in my business. I think it's better to record it and then study the recording and stop it and go and stop and go. And hey, what do you think about this? What do you I learn better that way. My guys generally weren't learn better that way too, but they're not opposed to me role-playing in front of them either. I mean, I have such a different crew than I had five years ago in a very good way that they're humble enough to go, sit down, let's role-play. Let's do it. But I'm not opposed to it. But I think video is when they're watching themselves, because I've had people watch themselves and they're like, oh man, I screwed that one up. (laughs) Oh man, I could have done better there. One of the things that I want to reiterate that you said a little earlier was the word podium. And when we saw your tour in Aftermarket Weekly episode 104, Brett has a standalone kiosk, if you will, that you call a podium. And that's where, if it's not in the waiting room shoulder to shoulder, it's, but it's, it's quiet, it's focused. You know, you don't have the junk laying around. No phones. No paperwork. And I love that part. It's you and the customer, and there is no transaction that happens unless everything is the way you want it. You can't do B before you do A, and then, you know, it's it's got to flow in the system. It's got to flow. It's got to come natural. It's really hard to script it. Like, I even have advisors. They'll read from the technician's dissertation. It sounds way different than reading it, basically getting in a nutshell what's going on and then flowing with the dissertation. I've read it before. I've read because my guys are good like that. They write really well. I've read it before and I'm, I get to the end. I'm like, that was terrible. Let's do a mini role play. Here it is. I've got this work order in front of me and I have the tech dissertation. Knowing that I'm going to get ready to consummate this transaction uh, in, in, in our special way, 
Would you recommend that I say take a highlighter and highlight what I think in, in the dissertation are the real keywords, and then I do it on my own without reading it? I mean, I make sure I cover them. Yeah, absolutely. If the, if you're a like a paper shop with papers in front of you, I would most certainly do it that way. Like our inspection is uh, Scott Osborne's Repair Shop Solutions. Text it to the customer, like our service package three. We're over there actually putting photos on, and then we literally text it to the customer over in the other base. We will text it to them over there and let it percolate inside a customer's head rather than text it and two minutes later call them and go, hey, you ready to talk? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, I didn't get through this thing. So we'll text it from over there while we're building, my estimator's building an estimate. And we're also letting the advisor know, hey, inspection's done. You need to learn this. Like you need to go debrief yourself so you can understand the inspection when that customer calls, because he's going to get a second text that says, hey, review the text and call me. When they call, don't be backed up in your heels and go, oh, oh, oh wait a minute, hang on just a second. I got to figure this thing out before you, you probably know more than I do right now. I would say you could print it out and highlight it. That's one way to do it. If that's how your brain works, I would definitely do it. But I find the best way to do it with my guys is they, they literally will pull up the inspection on the screen. They're like, okay, cool. Right lower ball joints, it's got excessive movement. You know, you got... Uh, brake fluid reservoirs leaking, brake fluid, whatever, all the estimates in front of you. I think that's absolutely critical. But if you're a paper person, by all means, and we're, we're don't get me wrong, Carm, I got guys in my group that are like, you guys still print worksheets? And I'm like, that's my key tag. You and I have talked about this before. That's key tag. I have 8,000 cars a year going through this place and we've never lost a key. Let's go back to that stumble, you know, because we didn't read and understand what we're talking about. If it's not smooth, it's not credible. And there's no trust and, you know, the honesty there. Why is the guy stumbling? Is he telling me a lie? Exactly. That's what people start reading in. Is he telling me a lie? Is he really confident in what he's presenting to me? Is that really the inspection result or the testing results? That is that for real going to fix it? I mean, mm, I don't know. Doesn't sound like you're too sure of it. I always love to have you on because I, I think you always bring stuff stuff, information, processes, systems, the psychology of the sale, if you will, for the customer. Great stuff. I, I thank you so much for, for coming on and, and helping us not only what to do, but, but why and how. That's the whole key is, you know, like you and I have talked about that book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. If your internal customer, your employees, and your external customer, the people who fund your paychecks, don't understand why you're doing things, you are never going to go anywhere. That's all there is to it. We can tell Carm Capriato how our tech removed and installed a water pump all day long. But in the end, most people don't care. <laughs> they don't care about that. They don't care why they're, you know, how they do a transmission fluid exchange. They don't care how you remove and install spark plugs. They want to know why I'm spending X amount of dollars to replace spark plugs. Oh, because it'll arc out and take out this ignition coil. And one of the benefits too, Carm, I failed to mention to you, and I just shared this with one of my guys in the elite group, is I literally, almost every preventative maintenance, factory maintenance procedure in there, the first, we tell what we do below it, but the first line is, why do I perform a transmission fluid exchange? Why do I replace spark plugs? Why do I perform coolant exchanges? Why do I do a service package three? Like we build a few videos off of that, that customers see on our email shares and it's fantastic. And what it is, it's a script for my advisors too, that I go, go back to the playbook. If I hear your presentation and you just say, yeah, we just need to do spark plugs and service package three next time. Hold on. <laughs> Don't take it for granted. They know why they need to do it. Explain it to them. And I'll have advisors say, why do we do this again? I go, go back to the script. It's right there for you and the customer to read. 
we've all made those mistakes. We've all made them, but I guarantee their batting average goes way down when they don't explain it. I used to have order takers in my business. I used to say, I used to have guys that I'm sitting there literally smashing my head together going, we pay money to have pre-qualified leads at the top and the bottom of our, the hour every day. And all they're doing is going, Hey, it's $40 and 52 cents. Great. Have a nice day. And I'm like, you got a captive audience. Like, you have somebody that trusts you and you they want you to guide them. Guide them. <laughs> Put them in the seat for the six months down the road. What is so hard about that? Ah, that's too much work. Thankfully, those people are not with me anymore. And I don't mean that in a mean way. They're very nice people. But you got to have people on the team that are willing to present the whys and make the scheduled appointments in the future, period. If we didn't motivate someone to take some great notes, actually to share this with their team, I mean, come on, guys, let's have lunch. Let's listen to this bread episode with Carm. And let's see, can we, what portion of this can we do? And frankly, I think they can do everything. Anybody can do it. It's not rocket science. I tell people that. It's not like we're literally doing heart surgery and if we slip, somebody's going to die. You're going to make mistakes. Accept it. You're going to walk up to that podium, that closed sale and go, oh, man, that was terrible. How do I do this better? And if you're a competitive person like we all should be in this business, you should go, okay, how can I get better at this? How can I, how can somebody coach me to get better at this whole presentation? And once you start scheduling these things and I'm looking and I'm already looking in October, November, December right now and seeing just sprinklings of all these future schedulings. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now we don't have to have all this, this heavy horsepower to get these people over the hump when they call in because what happens, Carm, if we don't capture them at that closed sale, then the next thing is the email and the text. And then the next thing is if we don't catch them there, then they call up three weeks later and say, hey, I just want to schedule an oil change. And we go, oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. You got all this factory maintenance, dude. You want to do it? And their brain's already going, nope, just give me the oil change. So we got to wait another six months to get them in the door to capture them. In the meantime, something may happen to their car, and we should have done a better job of getting them in for the comprehensive factory maintenance, all that stuff. So there's a bunch of different areas you can capture it, but the best place is that closed sale. Amen. What a great summary of this episode. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. It's perfect. Brett Beachler from Beachler's Vehicle Care and Repair, Peoria, Illinois. I'd love to come up to hang out with you. We got a meeting in October. I know you do. I know. And Tracy and I were actually thinking of maybe just sneaking in there and, and hanging out with you guys. I, I know. Craig Noel is coming. Brian Weeks is coming. Gary Pontius is coming. Oh, God. All my great buddies. Uh, and, and we missed you down in San Diego at the Elite yeah. Invitational. But we saw you on camera from the ship we were on. So uh, we, yes. it was like you were there, but you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. In spirit. Thanks so much, my friend. Anytime, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 